Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by co-host Ryan Donnelly, who recently was scammed out of $50,000 that he put in a shoebox. Ryan, <laughs> tough break for you, but I know you're going to bounce back. I know that you, you love the grind and, and you wanted to uh, you know almost set yourself up with more you know, more work to do, give yourself a little bit of extra motivation. Um, and, uh, yeah. I know we I'm all believe my landlord that. to increase my rent. Yeah. So I can grind harder. Yeah. 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 It's, it's more of a, it's, it's, you know, some people might call it being scammed, but you more put it as like a motivational factor. It's, it's, uh, you want to grind mm-hmm. harder, you know, you're going to work harder. And, and, uh, the only way to do that is to lose $50,000 to, uh, phone call where someone says that they're with the CIA. Um, so we uh, we all you know we we all support you. You have our full confidence that you're gonna you're gonna get that money back and more. Oh yeah, uh, that's so true, dude. I'm so excited to uh, to rise and grind and really reach my full potential. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, it's time to start your own scam. That seems to be kind of the 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 meta right now for making money in america you just you need to do what's your scam where's your what are you <laughs> how are you how yeah, are you tricking really, people out of fifty thousand man i'm really i'm really pissed i missed the ppp loan scam we should have started this company yeah. two years earlier so we could have gotten free trump bucks yeah we fucked it up well maybe we'll get another maybe we'll get another chance who knows who knows maybe there will be another uh another thing we could take advantage of that'll be that'll be fun we got to make sure that we keep our eyes out for any potential way that we can just grift a bunch of money out of uh out of nothing for no reason because i don't think we would really need it but i'd like to have it i'm not going to turn it down um we've got uh speaking of guys not turning down money uh not turning down the chance to make money for not doing all that much we've got kind of a uh uh, just where we're at, clear our chest, talk about some stuff that's been going on in college football episode here, because this has been a theme of the off season, and it continues now as we record on February 15th this morning with the announced departure of Sean Elliott from Georgia State. Uh, I believe he was the head coach there for seven years. He is headed back to South Carolina. He had long been an assistant at South Carolina, um, and he is, uh, he is leaving the program that he was at the helm of for a position coach job for a bad SEC program. Um, and this has kind of sparked the same conversation that has been going on for, like I said, a couple months now of basically college football's version of nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody, nobody wants, nobody wants to grind. Nobody wants to put in, you know, put in the effort. Uh, everybody just wants a make work job under Shane Beamer or something of that sort. Um, and we want to just talk through all this. We want to talk through the, the discourse around some of these departures, uh, Chip Kelly to Ohio state as well. Um, Kane Womack, Mo Linguist did this a little bit earlier in the off season. You, you guys, I think know the examples at, at this point, but we kind of just want to do do a state of things and talk about where where all of this is is actually pointing and not necessarily just the easiest possible narrative, which is that nobody wants to work anymore, um, and uh, and just talk through it. So, where do you want to start with this, Ryan? Yeah, um, hmm. I guess I want these guys to shut the fuck up. That's where I want to start. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. And more particularly, I want the journalists shut the fuck up because, like, the coaches themselves, other than the noted loser, Jeff Halfley, mm-hmm. are not saying much about it. But, like, all of these guys are clearly talking to coaches, all the journalists, I mean, are clearly talking to coaches who are getting their read on this, which is that, oh, you know, it's so hard to be a college coach. It's impossible. Like, players have freedom of movement, players get paid. It's so stressful. My job is so hard. Uh, sell insurance, brother. I don't care. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Like Sean Elliott was objectively a pretty like somewhere between bad and mediocre coach. Yeah. Um, I mean, not really good. I would say, right? We, I, I don't think anyone would would describe his tenure to date as a good coach. Uh, he's under five hundred. He had, uh, I think, one. No, sorry, two seasons where he went better than six and six uh after hmm, seven years there yeah um he doesn't really do anything he just is kind of there he exists he's kind of wasting everyone's time and it's not like that hard of a job to win at first of all i think that's it's you know it's in atlanta it's a fine enough job but 
mostly like he just pisses me off uh, for this intimation that it's impossible to be a college coach because of NIL and the portal. You're paid eight hundred. He was paid eight hundred fifty thousand dollars to be the head coach at, at Georgia State. If you don't like doing it, then don't take the job. Uh, it's not that hard. And also, are we actually going to believe for a second that there's that much NIL stress at Georgia State? Like, what what are you worried about? Like, Troy's quarterback is going to get five thousand dollars more than yours, and they're yeah. like thirty five thousand dollar a year payouts. Like, what is the NIL recruiting you're doing to Georgia State? And are you going to worry about that less when you're at fucking South Carolina? Yeah. You think you're not going to worry about player movement and, like, you know, keeping your roster built and, and you know, pitching NIL to players in the SEC? Come on. Who is buying this? Who is buying that Jeff Halfley, you know, had so much NIL stress at Boston College and was so hard to run his program uh, as opposed to just I – mean, it has, like, you know, 12 fans uh, as opposed to the fact that you know, he just wasn't that good at it. Was going to get fired in a couple of years, and was trying to get out of it and start a new contract. That's what all of these guys are doing. Chip Kelly was going to get fired. Yeah. Um, Sean Elliott was going to get fired. You know, uh, Jeff Halfley was going to get fired. All of these guys were on the precipice. Maybe not Kane Womack, who, to be fair, hasn't bitched about this stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe not Mo Linguist, although he wasn't late in the world on fire. But the rest of these guys were going to get fired pretty soon, and they just got a new contract and a new out where they're going to make the same or more money. Uh, to do less work and not deal with, you know, the fact they suck at their jobs. Yeah, and, and like that's really, I think the thing, the 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 thing that kind of defines all of this, especially with the head coaches uh, most recently doing this. You know, Halfley, Kelly, and and Elliot is like, yeah, like you said, they were they were going to get fired. These guys were not doing well. Chip Kelly barely saved his ass at, at UCLA, and. It seems like that was kind of <laughs> with the agreement that like he would actively look to leave this off season, even if they don't, you know, they're okay, <laughs> we're not gonna fire you, but you you should, you know, have your phone ringer on. Just just if anybody calls. Yeah. Just if, if anything Tell your agent to earn a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, if if, uh, if anything happens to pop up, if maybe like a former assistant of yours needs an offensive coordinator or anything like that, you might just you you might just wanna be interested in that, you know. Uh, for for the betterment of all involved, like I I don't think that that was, I don't think that was really supposed to be a long term marriage heading into this off season, and that Chip Kelly was kind of encouraged to look elsewhere so that UCLA wouldn't have to pay his buyout, um, which is what happened, and uh, that's not really a huge surprise. Jeff Halfley, like we've talked about, uh, was bad at his job and was not going to be in it for much longer, and he saw an opportunity to go to the NFL, um, which is basically a blank check for coaches who suck but <laughs> can convince people that they don't uh through their their media savvy which is very much Jeff Halfley's whole bag um and then Sean Elliott like he didn't do anything he was he was at Georgia State for 7 years and he was mostly around average he, he you know dipped below average too many times, I would say, in not that long of a tenure, and never really went all that far above average. I think that the best season that he had there, if I'm remembering right, was like eight and five. Um, that's not very good. The Sun Belt has been open. Uh, programs have have, you know, <laughs> significantly increased their stock yeah. in the Sun Belt. The, the, the schools that, that are there. excelling there don't have more natural advantages than Georgia State. Like yeah. He's not coaching at a disadvantage at the job he's at. No, yeah, I, I, w- I would say, like, yeah, Coastal Carolina becoming a very good program under, under Jamie Chadwell is a direct reflection that Sean Elliott was not really doing anything at Georgia State because Coastal Carolina is not better positioned than Georgia State, at least not in theory. Um, it shouldn't be. There's no reason that they, that they should eat your they lunch. They had no football yeah. history prior. Yeah, that they should yeah. eat your lunch to that to that extent. I mean, James Madison just showed up and immediately was the best team in the conference. Um, you're in fucking Atlanta. You should have, and it's, it's not even like we've talked about Sean Elliott in this way on the show for several years now that he just wasn't really doing all that much that it felt like they should be doing a lot more than they were at, at Georgia state. And, I mean, I'm not really all that sad to see him go. I'm not like, oh, no, what's Georgia State going to do now that they lost the guy who was just taking up space? Um, They should be better than they were. They should have more talent than they did. And even then, I think they had plenty of talent, and they just fucking collapsed every single year. Every year we would go into November 
and Georgia State would be seven and one or six and two. It's like, oh, these guys might be a you know a, a real contender for the for the Sun Belt East. And then you get to the end of the regular season. It's like, how are you fucking six and six? What happened? How do you how do you do this every year? It just kept happening to them that they would get into the actual yeah. like rubber meets the road tough part of conference season, and they just did not have it. They did not. They they no. if they had the talent, they didn't know how to best use it or, or really do much of anything. There was nothing definitive or, or really distinct about their approach to football. They pretty much just ran like a default program, just normal. Nothing nothing unique about them. Nothing really all that interesting Literally about nothing. them. Um, yeah. They didn't do anything. They were just sitting there, wasting everybody's time. They also time. didn't recruit anybody, dude. They, they signed the smallest and the worst class in the Sun Belt. Awesome. They had the worst-ranked recruiting class in 2024 in the Sun Belt. Uh, do you know how many kids they signed and how many kids were from Georgia, if you had to guess? <laughs> God. Um, if I'm guessing based on, like those those statistics on it being a bad class i'm gonna say that they signed 17 kids and six of them were from georgia they signed 12 kids oh and five my. of them were from georgia oh my god 12 man recruiting class what are we doing <laughs> come on dude come it's on. horrible like he was just recruiting he was recruiting all out of the portal they hadn't signed more than 14 kids in a class since uh 2021 when they signed 15 kids yeah uh <laughs> they've been bottom five in the sun belt like every year in recruiting you're recruiting to atlanta dude you have a million players in georgia and northern florida and mississippi alabama louisiana who are all in tennessee who are all within a four or five hour drive from you there's probably several hundred fbs recruits in a five hour driving distance from you you can't sign more than 12 kids yeah. Like you have to keep going back to everyone else's runoffs in the portal. Why? Like that's why you're losing. You're not building anything. Yeah. You're taking mediocre runoffs who aren't performing. Yeah, and like at Georgia State, there's certainly room to position yourself in the portal. And there are, you know, programs in the Sun Belt programs at the G five level have had a ton of success in this this era of recruiting of establishing relationships with guys who they know for a fact they're not going to get out of high school in case it doesn't work at their first school. And then, hey, Atlanta native who you know went to Texas and couldn't really find the field in the first two years, we've got a good team here. Do you want to come back home? But that is not the only – you have to do more than that. You, you have to also recruit you know high schoolers. You can't just establish relationships with guys who then will fail at a P5 school or who will go elsewhere and then want to come back home. That is not sustainable. That's, that's like the old um, – it's, it's the new version of what coaches used to do at like Kansas before Lance Leipold got there forever, which is what they would show up in the first two years. They would say, we want to recruit the high school ranks. We don't want to just do the JUCO thing. And then they would realize that their roster sucked. And within two years, they would be recruiting exclusively JUCOs. It wouldn't work. And then they would pass off another terrible JUCO ridden roster to the next coach who would do the exact same thing. This is what that's, this is what that looks like now. It is just focusing entirely on portal stuff, ignoring high school recruits because you have already put yourself in a hole by doing this. You can't do it. You cannot you cannot build a sustainable program at the G5 level or really I don't think anywhere um by only recruiting guys who have been in college already, by only recruiting portal guys and just, you know, filling in those 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 vacancies every year with new players, guys who haven't been in the program, guys who don't know your systems. It's not like Georgia State's were all that complicated to begin with, but you can't build any continuity and you can't really build any sort of culture when you do that, which is why every year Georgia State got to the hard part of its schedule and completely fucking fell apart. Um, and I, I hope that Georgia State sees this correctly as an opportunity to do something different, to you know get someone who is willing to work a little bit harder to build the program because there's not, I mean, this is a young program. This is a program without a whole lot of history, but you're in a fantastic location um, you have, like you said, you're, you're within four or five hours in the car of, I would say probably the majority of the FBS recruits, uh, who come out of high school every year. Right. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know if the numbers would actually bear that out, but it's probably pretty close if it's not actually the majority, there's a ton of talent there. You are in the, yeah, I, I just checked in 
131 kids went power five out of Georgia last year. Jesus. Yeah. I like you. There's no reason that you can't build a legitimately very good roster in fucking Atlanta. It's, it's baffling that seemingly no one has figured out how to do it. Um, cause Georgia tech doesn't do it either. And you, you should be able to do this. And I don't think it would be that crazy to, to do it. Um, we're not going to do like a full coach search list because it's the middle of February and the list is pretty sparse, yeah. but like I threw together just a, a couple. Also, you guys don't care that much. Yeah. You yeah. guys probably don't care <laughs> that much, but like Del McGee, who we've talked about a million times on this show, probably would make a ton of sense. Probably would, probably would work out pretty well. Um, Brad Glenn, who was the offensive coordinator at Georgia State, successful offensive coordinator. I don't love that, but, you you know, again, it's mid-February. Uh, Tashard Choice, former running back at Georgia Tech. I think he's at Texas now in the running back's coach role. Very, very well thought of recruiter, especially in that area. Um, and then one that has been, I mean, I've thrown this name around for basically every job that has opened within that four or five hour radius of Atlanta. Um, go hire Bill Clark. Uh, he, he's not doing anything. It seems like he wants a job. Go hire Bill Clark. <laughs> it's that That's a good way to build a program. He knows how to do it. He did it in a tougher spot, a much tougher spot than this one, building it at, at UAB, which had literally died while he was the head coach and then came back to life. Um, you got options here. It's not the end of the world that your just purely middling head coach wanted to go be a tight ends coach for a bad program. Um, you can survive that. You'll be just, you'll, they'll be just fine if they, if they make an inspired hire, which who knows at this time in the cycle, obviously that's a lot harder than if you were doing it in December, but I would think this is a fairly attractive job. And I, I it, it, it's a reflection of, you know, Sean Elliott's departure, not being like, Oh, you can't win here. Oh, you can't build a program here. No, he couldn't. He can't. He he was not capable of it. It doesn't mean that no one is. It doesn't mean that these jobs are made just impossible by the the fact that if you have really good players, they might leave. That's okay. That, yeah, you, they might. And then you go get new ones. And then it's not a big deal. Troy has not, you know, uh, under uh, under John Sumrall, Troy lost good players and replaced them with more good players. James Madison has lost good players and replaced them with more good players. James Madison damn near went unbeaten despite losing its best defensive end like four weeks before the season started. Um, you can do this. It's not. It's 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 really not all that different than it used to be. It's just the way that you go about it is different. The way that it actually happens is different. But the talent level is. I think about the same, if not even better, because you have access to more players now. You have access to talent that you didn't used to have access to. Um, and I just, the the feeling that I get from a lot of these coaches, these head coaches departing for position coaching roles, departing for the NFL, departing for, you know, coordinator spots in some cases, like Chip Kelly, like Kane Womack, is that this was, this was a necessary cycle for college football of washing coaches out of the sport, washing head coaches out of the sport who are not willing to adapt to the current game. Um, when you have a, a significant change in the way that things are done in a sport, you need new people who are willing to do it, to cycle in. And I think that a lot of the guys who are not willing to do it are gladly, gleefully announcing that they're not willing to do it. And I just, I don't know why everybody's treating that like it's some fucking travesty. Oh my God, we're losing these guys. Like, they don't want to do it. They don't want to play the game the game the way that the game is currently played. So go get somebody who does. It doesn't seem like that, it doesn't seem that crazy. It doesn't seem like some moral panic we need to be having about guys not wanting to do their jobs anymore. Just go get somebody who does. Yeah. I mean, it really is that straightforward, dude. It's not that hard. Um... I don't know. I, I just don't really respect any of these coaches, if I'm being honest. Uh, I think if you're bitched about this, you should find other work. You should leave the profession. You should not be allowed to coach at any level. Like If you complain that the job is too hard, you're getting paid a million dollars a year to recruit kids and, and coach football, um, seek other work. You, if you file that and your your stuff a journalist, um, I don't know. I don't respect it, but also, yeah, Georgia State is—it's doable. It's—it's it's, someone can do this; they can figure it out. It's—it's it's entirely possible. There are plenty of coaches who are good identifiers of talent who are working at bigger programs 
but who have relationships about the state. Like that is not, uh, there's a lot of guys who do that. There's a lot of guys who know all of these high school coaches who are able to walk in doors and be welcome to it, whatever job they're at. Like you can find your version of Jeff trailer in Georgia uh, and succeed here. We saw UTSA do it. We know that model works. Finding the guy who knows all the talent in the state, who identifies it very well, <clears throat> who's able to hire good coaches, like who just actually loves football and likes the process of getting talent in the doors, who has great relationships with high school coaches. That guy is out there. And Georgia State is probably in a better place than UTSA was whenever he took that job over. Yeah. Um, it's very doable. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say so. Honestly, pretty similar situations given that utsa was also like a very new program that kind of was lacking for an identity and it had just been stumbling around you know about 500 ish before trailer got there you there are plenty of there are plenty of guys with very very strong very well established ties to the atlanta area and and to the places that you'd want to recruit go get one of those guys go get somebody who will make georgia state identifiable as a program that exists in atlanta there was no, there was no, if you were just watching and you had all of the, the proper, you know, the proper nouns like washed away from the program, there was nothing identifiable about Georgia State that would make you say, yeah, that's a team that's in Atlanta. There was not, there's, there's, there's nothing. You have this fucking honky on the sidelines, <laughs> no connections to the area beyond being an assistant at South Carolina for 20 years, um, who was, you yeah. know, basically useless. He was just standing there. He's just taking up space. Like I said earlier, go get somebody with some energy, go get somebody with some connections to the area. I, I, there's plenty of coaches who would gladly do that. I think it's just like, this is a program that just needs somebody who actually cares about it. This is a program who actually just, you know, somebody who wants to do it. Somebody who wants to build Georgia yeah. state instead of just taking a job and trying to get a pension. Um, which is really, it's hard to, it's hard to see Sean Elliott's tenure for anything other than he, you know, hadn't been a head coach before and thought, yeah, I'll give it a try. Who cares? Whatever. If it doesn't work, I'll just go back to South Carolina, um, which is where he's at now. Um, on the, the media side of this, which is, you know, we complain a lot about college football media, the national college football media for, I think, very good reason. I really just don't, I mean, I do understand it's because they rely on these coaches and their agents for all of their stories. Um, I don't know why there's not more pushback against these guys as people for making these decisions when they are making them, especially. Georgia State had started spring practice. It was the third day of Georgia State's spring practice this morning, and Sean Elliott up and left for a, for a, for another job up and left to be the tight ends coach at South Carolina. Why is there no, why is there no pushback to like, you're a bad guy. If you do, why didn't you do this in fucking January? Why didn't you do this in December? If you, if you knew you didn't want to be here, why didn't you leave? Why did you wait until mi the middle of February when players are on campus, they've signed, they can't go anywhere. They've started fucking practicing. Why is there no story about like, Hey, What's wrong with you? What what personality flaw do you have that you can look your players in the eye after starting spring practice and say, I'm leaving for South Carolina? What's wrong with you? You, you just don't care about your guys. How can you, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that it, you know, he'll, he'll be just fine at South Carolina and no, no one will explore this further. But like, how as a high school recruit or as the parent of a high school recruit, can you let this guy into your house and, and listen to what he has to say and not immediately see him for a snake oil salesman who can't be trusted or, yeah. or anything that he says can be believed? He left his players two, two days into fucking spring practice. I mean, what's wrong with you? What, what has to go yeah. on in your mind to do that? I'd like to think that's the case, but like, I mean, do you know how many guys Hugh Freeze and Urban Meyer and those types have recruited? Like, yeah. it's just, it's not in the vocabulary, unfortunately. But, uh, damn, dude. Yeah, I mean, you would like to think some people would start taking that a little more seriously and looking into the background of these coaches. But I think players and, and high school coaches just aren't. High school coaches, like, believe, like, believe the bullshit too much. They also just want to be all these guys. Um, and play, I think parents just don't. Don't look into it on their own. They, I, I don't know, man. Most people aren't well educated about the process. To tell you the truth, not to go full like Obama Democrat on you, where you need more <laughs> financial literacy or whatever. Uh -huh. But like, they just don't know enough about the coaching at the recruiting process to like 
buy and and you know filter out some of the bullshit these guys are selling it's unfortunate i, I wish people knew more and we're like we should have just a database of <laughs> the shitty man all of college the things all coaching the spreadsheet yeah <laughs> like just pass it around amongst coaches like here's the bullshit this guy's done here's what you can pin on him i wish there was more of that <laughs> that could be another uh, another offering of our our future coaching search uh consultation group that we have is here's you get our you get access to our spreadsheet of dirt on all of the different coaches that you can use as negative <laughs> recruiting <laughs> yeah other coaches would pay us to be able to negatively recruit like oh you're gonna you're gonna hire that guy. The you're gonna you're gonna commit to that dude, the guy who passed out a Wendy's at six thirty in the morning, drunk off his ass. Uh, that's your guy. <laughs> I wouldn't let your son get in the car with this guy. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I have a few speeding tickets that might change your mind about old Joe over there. <laughs> we're start, we're starting a college football blackmailing business. <laughs> <laughs> it would work we'll, we'll give yeah. you the scoop on uh tennessee's wide receivers coach but we're gonna need a little bit of information from you what do you got you know we're... <laughs> <laughs> here's what we do we build this spreadsheet of here's every bad thing because about other coaches and we charge you 500 dollars to join it or we charge you 500 dollars to get access to the rumors by other people you pay us a thousand dollars and we keep your name off the list. Yeah. Yeah. See, now it's kind of a, uh, adding like an extortion kind of a protection racket in there. Maybe we shouldn't be talking about this on a public podcast. We might keep that, keep that quiet. Just, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be taking notes on a, on a criminal conspiracy or anything like that. I, uh, yeah, we shouldn't, <laughs> but I really do think there are a lot of ways we can exploit these very rich idiots for more money. It's gotta be a better way to do this. Yeah. There has to, yeah. This is speaking of starting our own scam there, there has to be a way that we can, you know, get we can grease our palms a little bit with all these <laughs> stupid rich morons. There's, I mean, come on. There's got to be an opportunity to take Jeff Halfley for everything he's got. I don't know how nobody has done yeah. that yet. <laughs> yeah, we got to find whichever strippers were hanging out with Tom Herman and Zach Smith and uh, just get them like we need them to recruit, uh, you know, compatriots in different cells across the country every coach who goes on a recruiting trip to like miami goes to tootsies we yeah. need to find a girl at tootsie at tootsies who can pass us along their dirt like oh this guy likes perks this guy likes this guy likes cocaine <laughs> <laughs> i need all their weaknesses in a spreadsheet yeah <laughs> quickly devolving into becoming the jeffrey epsteins of college football it's <laughs> unfortunate yeah but... But, for, but for legal adults yeah it's okay <laughs> We're the Jeffrey Epstein of being legal consenting adults, and you're Galen Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah, you, you know, I'll I'll do the role to the best of my ability. Um, <laughs> speaking speaking of extorting, this is a dog shit. We gotta plan out some podcasts, dude. This shit sucks. <laughs> it's funny, but like. We should probably get into season preview mode the next two weeks. (laughs) College football has not given us a ton to work with right now. I'm I'm going to tell you, there's not a lot happening, and we're sure as hell not going to talk about like the fucking Super Bowl like other podcasts. I don't give a fuck about the Super Bowl. I'm not doing that. Oh, Um, the the big games coming out. You've heard about the big game? They're releasing the video game. Yeah, we love the big game. Um, (laughs) Yeah, there's there's. We're going to get into preview season here pretty soon, but for right now, we have to just shit on these guys and talk through potential criminal conspiracies <laughs> that we could be, that we could be, you know, maybe planning or uh, putting into putting into practice, things like that. Um, and if you like criminal conspiracies, if you like extorting coaches, if you like committing <laughs> crimes, all of that stuff, you'll love homefieldapparel.com. Um, where they do all of that and more, and of course, on top of that, uh, as the as the front business, they sell shirts. They sell high quality collegiate vintage apparel. They will put it on very comfortable, very soft t-shirts, sweatshirts. I think I'm wearing one right now. I am wearing one. I don't know why I yeah. said I, th- I looked down. I am wearing one right now. Um, joggers, yeah. bomber jackets, snapbacks, all sorts of cool stuff over there for pretty much every single school. If you've not yet been to, if you've not yet purchased from Homefield Apparel, go to homefieldapparel.com and use the code MEETATMIDFIELD to get 15% off of your first purchase. Let's hope that they didn't listen to everything that came before this ad read or presumably anything yeah. that comes after this ad read. Um, <laughs> well, they did tell us they, they've kind of partnered up with Wayfair this uh-huh. year. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and they've said that if you do enter in the code MEETATMIDFIELD and there's a special series of numbers and letters afterwards, 
where if you enter that in, it will give you special access to their child trafficking menu. Um, and you can pick your kid. Parody. <laughs> Not actionable. <laughs> no, me and Midfield, or sorry, uh, uh, Homefield Apparel is cool. They, they sell good gear. You should buy it. I own a lot of it. I've bought a lot of it. Uh, Patrick owns a lot of it for... Patrick's one of those perverts who doesn't really have a team. He just has a lot of different schools in his yeah. closet. Yeah. Uh, me, I'm all Bucks. I am all Buckeyes gear. I have purchased Iowa gear for my girlfriend, uh, which is nice. She went to Iowa. She does not give a fuck about the football team, but she likes the mascot. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of you know people who just like the mascots. And you can get them gear too. You can convert them into a, a fan over time. Yeah. Um, her mom asked for some of the gear. They all find it very comfortable. Uh, it's good stuff. Just, you know, your girlfriends, the girlfriend's mom, they'll love home field apparel. <laughs> yep. Yep. Confirmed. They will. Um, you can also go to, uh, meet at midfield.com. That's another website that you can, that you can attend that you can oh, type yeah. into your, your little browser. <laughs> Do you want to tell people about meet at midfield.com? Yeah, well, it's our website, Patrick. Uh, it's where we do criminal conspiracies. But uh, more than that, really, what we also do, uh, we have a, a series of articles and premium podcasts and the message board. Uh, if you subscribe, and actually the code LOVERS is uh, is live right now for oh. a, a $6 first month. Uh, it's because me and Midfield is for lovers. Uh, if you put the code LOVERS in, you can get uh, you know your first month for just $6. Uh, try it out. We have some of the best articles and, and you know, podcasts. And whatever. Ah, that's not even true, maybe. Who knows? We have some articles and podcasts <laughs> <laughs> that we think are good. Yeah. Um, and our message board. <laughs> that was a terrible sell. Fuck, I'm out of it, dude. They're the, be- they're, um, the be- they're the best articles. They're no, no one, don't let anybody tell articles, you otherwise. Don't no let any co-hosts articles. of this podcast tell you otherwise. They're the best articles. <laughs> Look, it's definitely a voice that I don't think other people are writing in. Definitely, if you want the articles and message board and podcast that have the most contempt for every coach in the sport, there's Mm. nowhere better you're going to find. If you also hate college football coaches and might be whiny, annoying losers, there's nowhere better for you to spend your money than meet at midfield.com. We don't like almost any of these guys. We pick like five to six coaches a year that we like and think are cool. And the rest, villains, losers. We hate them. Yeah. Um, so if you want to hate on some coaches, come join me at midfield.com. We all talk extensively about, you know, analyzing programs, rosters, uh, recruiting, uh, getting into the mechanics behind the sport. Um, I think it really is the best community in college football. That part is not a joke. Uh, we'd love to have you come join it and come hang out. So use the code lovers to, uh, to get a discount for your first month. Yeah. Yeah. Go on over there. We, uh, we are the only website I, I'll say that will tell you at the top of the article <laughs> that we are lacking for content because it is mid February <laughs> and that we just need to put a story up. Um, we're not going to lie to you. We're not going to tell you that the, the way too early predictions are like the highest quality, you know, well, you know, we're just so we care so much about that. No, I just need an article to write. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, if something happens, then I'll write about that. But for right now with nothing happening, uh, we're stuck with this and we're all going to get through it together. Eventually we will get to preview season and everything will be good. But until that point, just going to have to kind of fly by the seat of our pants. Just for fun here, because obviously you and I don't have a ton more to say about this issue. Uh, uh, did you read Schleybach's, uh Way Too Early Top Twenty Five? No, I actually, uh, I've one? been, I've been kind of, I've been kind of scrolling up and down the ESPN College Football homepage to see if anything is going on. A um, lot of really upsetting faces on the homepage. They've got a real, just, just a, a real. <laughs> A real murderer's row of disturbing faces to see on television. I don't know how they've managed to do that. Um, yeah, got, you just just really the, nasty uh, stuff. The Pat McAfee Bill Simmons beef has been fun. I've been following that. Yeah, I do like that. Um, I really, I will say, I really don't like seeing Pete Thamel. Thamel, we're never gonna say his fucking name right. Pete Thamel. It's Thamel. Thamel. It's Pete Thamel. Um, in a side by side image for a for a a video preview where the other picture. <laughs> how about this? The other picture there is Chip Kelly looking like fucking Jabba the Hutt. Um, I'm gonna say I need to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> what, send what you it, this fucking it screenshot. Was, it's really upsetting. What if it was Pete Camel and he was the new mascot to sell cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know that I don't know that that would go very well. I don't. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Putting him in a leather jacket and telling him to look cool while he's smoking. Yeah, he's um. He's posing on the ridge of a sand dune. 
Yeah, I just um, I just yeah, sent you this stuff like that. I just sent you this image. I'm going to tell you, I don't know that anybody would really want to buy <laughs> anything from from Pete Thamel. Um, <laughs> that's um, that's a difficult image. Okay, yeah, I, I'm that's look, tough. That's I'm, a tough image. Let, I'll tell you this top twenty five here because yeah, I'm looking. Some at of it, it is like yeah, some of it's pretty like fine, like right, like their top uh, their top like eight teams. Yeah, sure. They're all good football teams. Uh-huh. Then you get into some of the later ones, and they're like, I'm trying to find the one I was thinking about here. Um, uh shit. There's one they wrote here. While where... you while you look, I'll rattle off what the top eight is, just so that people have a reference point. I, yeah, okay. I, again, I don't think we have a ton of issues with this. Uh, one Georgia, two Ohio State, three Oregon, four Texas, five Notre Dame. That's Okay, that's a little strange. Six Ole Miss. Uh, they're better than I thought they were. Actually, I think it's not that. Like, that's too high, but it's not that far off. Okay, yeah. six Ole Miss, seven Missouri, eight Penn State, nine Alabama, ten Utah is the top ten. Yeah, when he hits the teens, he really starts mailing it in. Mm-hmm. He talked about Oklahoma as his number 14 team. Okay. And he said, well, they lose their starting quarterback. They lose four of their five starting offensive linemen. They lose their top receiver. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, but you know, it's Oklahoma. They went 10 and three last year <laughs> and they added a bunch of guys who barely played at their previous schools. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much the vibe you're getting from this. Like some of these, they're really just, I mean, just fucking mailing it in, dude. They are not sending their best. Yeah. Uh, ESPN early top 25. Like, like um, one fifth of the, of the winter update on Oklahoma, which is 14th, as you said, in these rankings, one fifth of it is a sentence that says freshman Jackson Arnold, a former five-star recruit is the heir apparent. He threw for 361 yards with two touchdowns and three interceptions in a 38 to 24 loss to Arizona in the Alamo bowl. Is that a positive? <laughs> Is that is that your cell? Well, no. they don't bring back anybody, but they have this freshman who sucks, so that might be cool. Um, that's a fun way to spin that. Yeah, this guy threw for three interceptions in a meaningless bowl game against an Arizona team that just lost its head coach. But uh, I don't know. Maybe he'll be good. <laughs> who knows? Um, that's cool. Uh, I don't. I don't have a ton of issue with like fifteen Florida State. 16 Tennessee, I, I guess just kind of permanently there. Um, <laughs> there's, there's Clemson. You know Clemson's going to be in here uh, for oh yeah for some reason. Uh, yeah, this is kind of 23. Can- he, he dropped Washington from number 11 to out of the rankings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in two weeks. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, get, I don't really know why they would have been 11th to begin with. That seems a little optimistic we got texas a in the mix you know we got miami in the mix i don't know what i mean i don't really know what inspires that i don't really know why you would why you'd think that um yeah just teams that you know state just outside the top 25 he has air force Uh, has just missed air force doesn't bring back any players air force has no players back from last season (laughs) i don't know what to tell you they they lost like their entire two deep to graduation because they were all seniors they I don't think Air Force is going to be all that good this year. <laughs> you know, I yeah, he, you know how much I he hate has to Wisconsin say Wisconsin and has just missed. I think they have an over under of six and a half wins for Vegas and are awesome. not going to be good. That's awesome. Um, yeah, this is like look. I get it's hard. I'm not denying it's hard. It really no. is. Uh, to to like, I have tried to track some of these rosters. I mean, I do this part time. I don't work for ESPN full time. I don't have the backing of like you know uh, Mickey behind me, mm-hmm. uh, but. It is hard to track some of these rosters, but it's not that hard, dude. Like, you do this, it's your full-time job. What else does he write? Like, what does Mark Schlebach do? This is the only article I know from him that he does every year is too early top 25. What else is his work in? Yeah, I don't really... I think he just does this all year. He's the author of seven books on college football. <laughs> I don't... I did not know that. Is is he real? I, wow. That... <laughs> he could have fooled me. Um yeah. It's like uh, called Good Night Warren Moon. Oh, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess like thanks, dude. <laughs> maybe he's. I don't. I really don't know what else he does because I don't think he's like a draft guy. I thought he did basketball for a little bit, maybe, but I don't know if he's still doing that mm. Un- unclear and, and also here's the other question 
What's the difference between Mark Schlebach and Mark Schlereth? Unclear. That we're, we're still we're all still <laughs> trying to figure that out. Um, God damn, we still have twenty minutes to record in this thing, Ryan. We're running out of stuff. To well, talk about. maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so other teams we didn't talk about in our roster previews. If yeah. you guys didn't listen to that, that's actually a good episode. We actually did serious work on that. It was a mm-hmm. premium episode. You guys should listen to that one. Yeah, it's really it's it's good, honestly. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, some other teams we didn't talk about that who might be good next year. We didn't really talk about Missouri or LSU at all. I think they might be good. You think, um, you think they might be good, huh? What? Well, so Missouri, I guess Missouri seems optimistic. They did lose a lot. I mean, yeah, they're ranked seventh year, and he goes by with uh, saying, "Well, they lost Cody Schrader, Chris Abramstrain, Ennis Rakestraw, Tyron Hopper." Those are four of like the seven guys you might know from Missouri. Uh-huh. Uh, they also lost Blake Baker to LSU. Um, they brought in like some guys who didn't play at other good schools um, who might end up being good. <laughs> they brought in Georgia State's running back, so that's cool. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he's good. Yeah, I guess we didn't talk about Notre Dame. Yeah. He'll fit right into the the role of like Missouri running back who kind of goes under the radar and then also runs for 1,500 yards somehow. Yeah. Um, He's yeah. good. I like him. Yeah, what's the deal with Notre Dame? I don't know fucking anything about Notre Dame's roster this season. It was such a just such a non-factor last year, despite the fact that it still won like nine or ten games. That like I I really I don't even know what the sell would be for Notre Dame. What is what is the deal with them? Yeah, well, I mean they got better at quarterback probably. They they brought in Ryan Leonard to replace Sam uh, yeah. Hartman, which I think is an upgrade. Yeah. Um, they have a bunch of. Uh, senior receivers they brought into the transfer because they had no other receivers. Um, if you recall, after the 2022 offseason, they lost their top returning receiver who transferred to become a backup walk-on cornerback at Ohio State. Um, <laughs> cool. And then no one was really that good for them. Yeah, They brought in uh, Bo Collins, Jaden Harrison, and Chris Mitchell as senior receivers in the portal. They're pretty good. I mean, they, they brought in eight total seniors from the portal already. I haven't even gotten to the rest of their roster yet. I don't even know who they have coming back in, in full. I think their O-line has some rebuilding to do at both tackle spots. But Notre Dame's O-line is always good. Um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I have no idea what their offense is going to look like at all. Like, the whole offense is new, basically. Yeah. But the defense should be sick. So they have that going for them. That sounds, um, like, that sounds like Notre Dame. That sounds like a Marcus Freeman Notre Dame team. Is he gonna? Yeah. Is he gonna do anything there? Is Marcus Freeman planning on doing anything at Notre Dame, or is he just gonna kind of hang out for a couple of years and then go be a DC somewhere? Because it doesn't really feel like he's inspiring a ton of uh, optimism or, or energy for being. Well, like, I, I a guess young the question is guy. like, what are their expectations now? Like, if he can go nine and three or ten and two most years and make the playoff half the time, like they're probably happy. That's basically what they were doing before. They're probably happy with that. I think he can do that. Yeah. I guess yeah. I mean, I guess it does get it does get easier. He's another guy yeah. who stands probably to benefit from the fact that it's not going to be that hard if you're Notre Dame to get yeah. into the playoff. Um, kind of James Franklin style guy. Yeah. Here's a cool thing about Notre Dame this year: they signed Brian Erlacher's son, okay. uh, Kennedy Erlacher, who is a child he had, uh, I believe, out of wedlock with a woman. <laughs> Who likely, then likely person got... for him to have a child with? <laughs> <laughs> Brian Erlacher is he got sued for defamation because he tried to basically claim that this his baby mama uh, had murdered her husband. What? Um, <laughs> uh, this guy apparently was just the two of them in the house, and like it was found that he likely shot himself in the head, but he accused her of murder, uh, and it led to like a custody dispute and a lawsuit. I don't know what happened with that. Uh, I'm sure he just settled and paid her some cash, but uh, yes, that's his son with that woman. Okay, that's huh. That's that's an interesting. So <laughs> that's an interesting background story for that. Maybe not the. Uh, I don't know. If we're gonna get a Tom Rinaldi on that one. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna get the <laughs> we're gonna get the puff piece on that kid's background. Yeah, he's uh, you know Brian Urlacher's son, and that's all you need to know about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's gonna come up right when they when they start. Uh, and that kid ends up being good at all. Yeah. You know, they love to talk about the other day. That's going to come up somewhere. You would think. Um, Marcus Freeman is building the the child out of wedlock all-star team out there. He's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently that made it to his Wikipedia page, by the way. What's the... 
the, that information the, the is Marcus just... Freeman, bastard's son, is now on his Wikipedia. Oh page, so man, okay. he's fucked that up really bad. You can't be having that on the Wikipedia page. You got to get an editor <laughs> shout out, in there. Shout out to DJ Burns for that one. <laughs> um, is... Yeah, here's a fun question for you. Okay. Uh, I guess we can talk about uh, to talk about football for a second. Um, who the fuck's gonna win the ACC? That's such a good question because um, somebody's going to have to do it. Uh, yeah, Florida State lost everyone. Yeah, Clemson, I don't know if they have like 75 scholarship players even. Um, probably not. They're going to be – they're probably going to be bad. Yeah, Miami has a lot of guys, but it's, you know, yeah. come on, it's Miami. Come on. Um, NC State looks pretty good, but come on, it's NC State. You know, they're going to blow it. How about uh, How about Louisville? What do we think about Louisville? Any chance that they do it? Well, Tyler Shucks, their quarterback. Oh, God. What is up with these guys? How many times do we need to watch Tyler Shuck play football? How many times do we need to watch fuck? We yeah. were texting about this last night. Alan Bowman getting his seventh year of eligibility. Just like we, we joke yeah. about just get a job. But seriously, what are you getting out of this at this point? You're not going to become good in year fucking seven. You're a grown man. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, Alan Bowman's also even funnier because he's like back in the Big 12 after I think it was a walk on at Michigan. I don't think he had a scholarship at Michigan. Yeah. Uh, and now he's like, he just kind of took the long path to come be Oklahoma State starter. Yeah. Um, pretty fun. We like that. Sure. Um, Maybe Oklahoma State's going to win the ACC. Um, yeah. Oklahoma State is actually going to be good in the Big 12. I don't think we gave them enough credit earlier. They, uh, they bring back all five starting O-linemen and Ollie Gordon and Brandon Presley. Yeah. Of course, they do have Alan Bowman at quarterback, but um, I don't know. They, they got, like, it seems like um, uh, they've been kind of extending their idea here uh, to, like, this idea. Like, you know how they were hiring a bunch of FCS and D2 coaches, like, to come be their coordinators in the past? Sure. Uh, it seems like they're just doing that with players now. Okay, they're bringing in like the best <laughs> D two players in the in the country under Gundy. Yeah, to come be transfers. They've done it a couple times now. I don't know, kind of fun. They brought in some pass rusher from Gannon University in Erie, which I knew a bunch of guys who played at Gannon when I was in high school. Uh, he better be really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, huh. That's inter- Their their schedule is also interesting because the Big Twelve is just a wasteland of bizarre schedules this season. Yeah, and probably for the foreseeable future, given that there are twenty-four teams in the conference. Um, yeah. they, so Oklahoma State has South Dakota State at home, Arkansas at home, and at Tulsa to open up the the non-conference. That is manageable. That is a manageable non-conference. I think you can handle that probably pretty easily. Uh, I would I would hope. Um, and they follow that immediately with a brutal three-game stretch of Utah at home, at Kansas State, and West Virginia at home. Um, heading into a bye week, mm. that I don't, I don't love that. I don't love that that yeah. sequence there. Utah and Kansas State back to back is not not a game, not not a flow of games that I don't. I, I would not wish that on any team. I don't think anybody should have to play those two back to back. Um, and then out of the bye week, it's at BYU, at Baylor, Arizona State at home, at TCU, another bye week, and then Texas Tech at home and at Colorado to end the season. Um, so, I mean opportunity there. I, I think you could yeah you could honestly convince me that any of like kansas kansas state oklahoma state arizona utah west virginia like any of those six teams win the league and there are some people out there who also seem to like iowa state this year yeah um yeah there are an increasing uh, kind of a concerning number of people who seem to like iowa state this year we're looking into that that is that's troubling because Kind of, I mean, honestly, it's kind of the same deal with Oklahoma State. Like, Iowa State is only good when you don't look at them. They're only good when you don't say heading into the season, like, hey, these guys might be pretty good. That's the only time that they succeed, which does make me think that Oklahoma yeah. State is cruising towards 7-5 and five because we looked at them too much ahead of the season. They're only good when no one thinks they're going to be good. Yeah, and that's... Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's... Someone has to win that league and go to the playoff. It's going to be somebody. Yeah, yeah, somebody does, and somebody has to win the ACC too. I have a fun suggestion for that. What about SMU? What if SMU does it? What if SMU steps in and immediately does what I don't think it could ever do in the AAC and actually wins the conference? Um, that would be fun. I'd like that. It'd be, it'd be kind of a weird. You know, they they left the AAC and everything just got much easier for them. Yeah, I mean, 
It'd be very funny. I don't think that will happen, though. I, mean, I actually, I don't know. SMU could be decent next year, I guess. They have Preston Stone back, right? Yeah. I don't remember anything else about their roster. They were the most anonymous teams in college football last year. Yeah. Well, they'll probably have some good receivers. That's usually a pretty good bet with, with SMU, and somebody has to win the league, uh, as we've said. Somebody's going to have to do it. Maybe it'll be Cal. Maybe Cal will do it. <laughs> a- ACC member Cal is headed for a championship. Um, man, the sport's not in a good place. <laughs> Sports not in a good place as we talk through this. More and more come into my mind. Sports not in a great yeah. place right now. Not uh it's not all it's that fun this, to like, sh- it's not all that fun to think about college football at, at this point. It's this like state. shadowy gray area between life and death where it's like yeah. clearly we're at we're hurtling unfortunately towards this power two scenario. Uh where all the best play- like there's just so much more money in the Big Ten and SEC than anywhere else. They can just get with better players and it's really going to concentrate, but like it's not there yet. And you still have some shitty teams in those leagues and um, they don't play enough games against each other. It's yeah. It's, this is like a, a really bad in between area. I do think that when we get to like the, the 12 team model where I'm sure you'll have four big 10, five sec teams per year, like three other teams, I'm sure we'll get there sooner or later. Uh, and that, Will suck in some ways, but might be fine. I don't know. Like you, you at least get three good conference champions, then some other teams who play in the Big Ten and SEC. That could be fun, I guess. I don't know, but the current version of this, yeah, it's gonna suck a little bit. Yeah, but my team's good, so who am I to say if it's good or bad? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see how you're feeling after after the end of November about your team being good or not good. Um, that's uh, yeah. in in flux until that point. Um, do you want to talk about Deshaun Foster at all? New head coach at UCLA. We kind of mentioned this to each other before we started recording. Uh, UCLA does have a new head coach. I don't think we actually got the chance to do like a list for that job because it was it was opened and then filled almost immediately after before we, we got back on the pod. yeah almost immediately yeah. after we stopped recording last week. Like literally as we were finishing up the podcast episode, it was coming out that Chip Kelly was going to leave to be the the OC at Ohio State. Um, as Bill O'Brien jumped to take the job at Boston College. Um, but UCLA does have a new head coach, did not have an especially um, <laughs> especially extensive search given the timing, and brought back a uh, former player, I believe long time, not that long time because he's still pretty young, but six or seven year assistant Deshaun Foster. Um, I don't really, I mean, it's kind of hard to have super strong opinions about the guy given that he's not all that prominent. Um I get it. I, I can understand kind of where they're coming from with that, given the circumstances. I don't think that they were going to do a whole lot better. I don't have a ton of issue with it because worst case scenario, two or three years from now, you're back in the same spot with better timing. Um, I I'm I guess I'm glad that they didn't do like a retread. I'm glad that they didn't go get just some guy who's proven to be not good. Maybe maybe Deshaun Foster can be something, and that's more than I can say of like you know, Bill O'Brien, for example. <laughs> That's more than I could say of like if yeah. you just went and hired fucking Jim Mora again. Um, maybe this guy it's will a be something. Concerning. It's a little concerning that the word out is that they hired him because he agreed to keep all the assistants and not have to hire his own guys, uh-huh. which is why Tony White turned it down. There, yeah. There's rumors out there about that. I don't know if that true. It's probably not a great sign. If you're that, that seems like, hey, I'll, I'll take your check yeah. and I'll get fired in two years with a little buyout. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't love that. That's never necessarily what you're looking for, I guess. I mean, I don't really know who he would have brought in at, at this point and he does have yeah, you know I mean, familiarity a, with the staff, but like, he's not that, he's it not is that a old fucking, and he doesn't really know that many people. So I can, can kind of understand that. Like, but this job, it doesn't have to be as, you know, hopeless as they're making it. Like this is a, a power to job in Los Angeles. Like they do have money, right? They're not broke. Yeah, uh, I understand this hire specifically was in a very tough spot, and obviously Chip Kelly was just not a fit there. Didn't want to be there. They don't want to have him there. Like I understand why the last one didn't work, but if you just view this as like, hey, we might suck a couple years then reset, that's fine. There's no reason this job has to suck as bad as it has lately. This yeah. can be workable. Yeah, you would. I mean, you would. You would certainly think. I don't know, like. I'm thinking it. Yeah, I don't really know why they don't have the like why they can't seem to find the resources to do that. You'd think that they would exist. I, I guess maybe they're going towards basketball, but 
it's not really showing all that much. Um, weird program. Isn't, aren't they good this year? I, I, I think they've been good recently. I think they weren't good to start the year, and then they've kind of figured it out. Yeah. Um, oh, they're 13-11. God damn. I, yeah. I don't know anything about college basketball. Pat, the pa- the Pac-12, all you need to know about college basketball in the Pac-12 this year is that it's very bad. It's not been it's not been quite the, the joyous send-off that it was in football for the Pac-12. <laughs> it's been kind of bleak there this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, I don't know. Maybe Deshaun Foster is going to be the guy to fix that. Maybe he's going to bring UCLA basketball back in the process of being the football coach. Who knows? Uh, anything could happen. <laughs> Probably not, though. Um, yeah. I mean, it seems like I know they had this, like, they have this, like, partial payment period. I think it's four years where they're only getting a half or, like, a two-thirds payout or something to, like, as they join the conference. But when those, that time is up, they're going to be making, like, $90 million a year in TV rights. Yeah. Um, which is a lot uh, of money. Like the next hire after this one, you should hire a good staff. Like, like enough with like the junior high bullshit. Go hire a, re- a real coach who's rising up the ranks. Hire someone who's doing well in the Big Twelve or something, and build a real staff. Try to win. Like, like this isn't Georgia Tech, dude. It's not in the ACC. It's not a, a school that's never been anything since like the '30s. There's an actual history here in the not that distant future. Like they, they've had stretches in the 80s and 90s where they went they they made like you know four top 10 finishes in seven years a couple different times you this can be good yeah i mean i would i would i would hope i guess like the recent history doesn't necessarily support that at least not as much as you'd probably want it to. no no but, but yeah like yeah it should be good it you should be able to do more here than they than they have um i hope that that Chip was not like, you know, the 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 big swing that they don't that they don't hit on, and then they're just like, okay, well, fuck it, we just won't try again. We just, we, we we tried once, it didn't work the way we wanted to. Um, we're never gonna do that again. We'll just you know, football can take a back seat, and we'll just focus on basketball. I hope they don't do that because there should be opportunity there. There should be a chance that you can build something there. I mean, you're in Los Angeles, and you're gonna have like you said, a lot of money coming in. Um, I, I I mean, again, I that's kind of why I don't hate this hire is that like if it doesn't work, you can just restart with a better situation in three years. Um, but if they just go hire another one of like you know another version of this guy, basically just a guy who's been around, who boosters know, um, and who will uh, take the check and willingly just get fired after three or four not very good years then you very quickly find yourself in a place where like what is your purpose in Big 10 football what what role do you serve yeah um what do you what do you do here what do you add to this and the answer of course being not much we're just kind of here we're just chilling out i don't really know that there's another team in the Big 10 that would fit that building in the same way because there are bad programs there are programs that don't have resources and programs that don't really have that history of success um and will remain that way or have remained that way and then there are good programs that do try, but there's not really that program that sits in the Big Ten that should be better than it is and just refuses to be better than it is. Um, so I guess maybe UCLA could fill <laughs> could fill that void of like the the perpetual man. These guys should be really good, but they're not. Um, program. I, you know, there's not really there's a spot there if you want to take that. I just don't really know that that's the best. It's not the path I would take. It's not what I would do <laughs> personally. I would rather win football games, but uh, I guess. Uh, I guess that's not a popular opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I guess not. Um, damn, dude, this is <sighs> college football is full of losers, dude. How do we get rid of this? <laughs> How did this happen to our beautiful sport? I don't know where we went wrong. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know yeah. when all these guys infested the sport, but they're everywhere. It's all over the place. There's, we've got the got the stink on us. It's, it's there's. Not a lot to like right now. No, no, there is not. Um, I did think of one thing we were recording before we get out of here because we're clearly not doing much. Yeah. Um, uh, another name for the George job. What about Kyle Pope? You know Kyle Pope? No. Who's Kyle Pope? He, he was the D-line coach at Memphis for a few years and the run game coordinator last season. He was at Liberty under freeze. Um, he was a Saban GA. Um, I think one of the top recruiters in the state of Georgia just got hired this offseason as Georgia Tech's D-line coach. Okay. Um, 
seems to be a great recruiter in the area, young guy. I mean, he was playing at Jacksonville State until 2014. So he's got to be, I don't know, 32, 31. Um, I don't know. Just an idea. He played with our buddy Kyron. Yeah. Or they could get our buddy Kyron. That could be a good, that could be a, a worthwhile <laughs> avenue as well. Um, how about Ed Orgeron? What if we put Ed Orgeron in Atlanta? That might be fun. I think he'd like Aww. that. I think Ed, I, th- I think Ed would get a lot out of that experience. A lot of people saying that. Yeah. Yeah. More and more, more and more people are saying that Ed Orgeron needs to move to Atlanta. Um, <laughs> that might, that might be good. I think that would probably be good for his health and well-being for sure. Um, Boy, we got nothing else. I don't think I don't think we have anything else to talk about on this show. Uh, hopefully, by this time next week, we'll have more to talk about. But right now, sports not in a great place. Sorry, I uh, it's it's a little bit hard to a little bit hard to muster up a ton of enthusiasm for what is going on in college football right now. We got a bunch of losers. We got a bunch of quitters and losers who don't want to do their jobs. And uh, unfortunately, we unfortunately we are stuck holding the bag for these guys. Um, <laughs> so they don't want to do it. Uh, so, Ryan, do you have anything else before we get out of here? No, dude. Let's just cut our losses here and get out of here. <laughs> okay. We'll talk to you all next week.